Welcome back to another episode of the Pandemic Job Hunt. This podcast aims to break down key techniques and to uncover the industry secrets to help you stand out in getting a job during this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic we are living in. And I am your host, Andrew Barry. Welcome back to another episode of the Pandemic Job Hunt. This is the first episode of 2021. We went on a quick holiday break, but the show is back on. I'm very excited for the new year, the possibilities, and the upcoming episodes. The vaccines are rolling out, and there is a new presidential administration down south. Every year as the calendar turns, I personally always get that surge of energy to do great things, get to work, and look forward to the new year. I hope all my listeners and pandemic job hunters a fantastic and successful year, and I hope it has started off well. Anyways, let me introduce you to my next guest today. His name is Jeff Harry from Rediscover Your Play, and honestly, folks, he was a joy to interview. I love his energy, his spirit, and the attitude in approaching work. This is a fantastic episode to learn how to incorporate play into their day-to-day life. Stay tuned. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm excited about this. It's been a while. What have you been up to lately? Oh, what have I been up to lately? I ran a uh, dealing with toxic people at work workshop for the Department of Homeland Security here in the U.S. That wow. was very interesting. <laughs> that is really interesting. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I've been running a lot of like play flow workshops with uh, companies, which has been super fascinating as they try to figure out how to navigate mm-hmm. Uncertain time, you know. Oh, well, we do live in some uncertain times. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, how the coronavirus pandemic impacted you and your work? Because uh, this, this this whole thing, you know, hit the fan in March, I believe. Yeah. So, so my organization, Rediscover Your Play, we help a lot of businesses and individuals, you know, uh, address their most challenging issues through positive psychology and play. So most of it is is workshop based. And most Mm -hmm. of it is in person, but Mm -hmm. we've had to like adapt drastically to this virtual environment, which has actually been kind of fun because I've now been able to do workshops in Canada. I've now been able to do workshops with a lot of satellite organizations. I've figured out how to use Mm -hmm. Zoom, Microsoft meetings, Squadcast, Mm -hmm. like all of those things, right? So it's just kind of challenged me as like a play guy to be like, all right, how do I adapt to this? Mm-hmm. Instead of complaining about getting back to normal, which a lot of people do not want to get back to, right? Yeah. Then, you know, <laughs> how do I adapt to this new normal and, and kind of thrive in this? Because there's a lot of opportunity in amongst this chaos as well. I, I agree. There's a lot of opportunity when there's a lot of uncertainty. So, you know, when you were working and running your workshops in person, you have that full dimensionality of re, uh, uh, of interaction with the folks you're yeah. working with and yeah. we're now in this digital environment where we're just doing everything through video we reduce that one level of dimensionality how do you stay on top of uh, your energy your connection uh, is there any tips and tricks that you learned in the past six months yeah. that allowed you to continuously communicate your message I think way. what's really important, we run a lot of these play workshops, right? Yeah. So it's all about getting people loose and mm-hmm. getting them um, 
out of their head and doing a lot of breakouts with really poignant, smart questions that are not mm-hmm. wasting their time. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm already on Zoom so much. Why do I need to be on Zoom more? But if you actually are bringing a mm-hmm. certain benefit to them at the beginning, explaining the brain science mm-hmm. behind what we're about to break out and then being like, this is what you mm-hmm. can get out of it. Now go off into this, go off into this breakout with this with two other individuals and answer this really hard question that frankly you're actually fascinated and interested about. Like, what do I love to do most at my job that I don't do enough of? Mm, that's actually an interesting question. I want to know mm-hmm. the answer to that. I want to know the answer to your answer. So, you know, and you and you're smart about it, you know, pointing questions, breakouts, and bringing like your full self mm-hmm. to this and not mailing it in. You can do a lot. I mean, I even say this to a lot of team leaders. You know, I I, I give them these two challenges. One of them is finish your meetings or the main goal of your meetings should be having people leave energized. I don't care what you're talking about. Just have them leave like motivated because Mm -hmm. most meetings just suck, right? Yeah. Just absolutely painful. So why are we doing these meetings? Why are they an hour long? They don't need to be an hour long. They could be 12 minutes. Just like figure that out. But the main goal, the only goal will be how do I get this group to leave motivated, energized? And then the Mm -hmm. second thing that I tell a lot of team leaders, ask your staff, what's the work that they love to do most? Mm-hmm. And then find out what percentage of time did they do that work. Marcus Buckingham mm-hmm. refers to it as your red thread work, the work where you forget about time, right? Mm-hmm. And then and find out, oh, you, you like talking to clients? Oh, you're only doing that like 10% of the time? How can we increase that to 12%, which is like one more hour, like mm-hmm. a week or something like that? Because it's shown when you get into that flow state, it affects all the other work that you do. So, so let's, let's start with uh, the play mindset, the positive psychology. What is that all about? Could you give me like a brief conceptual overview of uh, the the message you're trying to like give? Uh, bring yeah, forward? sure. So so just to decipher it. So there's something called toxic positivity, and that's where people are like, you need to be happy all the time, and blah blah blah, you know. And that is delusional, and that's dangerous, and no one should do that, right? What positive psychology uh, focuses on. Um, is it focuses on what's right with human beings. So psychology up until uh, I think the 1970s, even 80s, was studying what's wrong with people. And then uh, Martin Seligman, the founder of positive psychology, was like, well, why don't we study what's right with people? And let's double down on that. Let's figure out their strengths. You know. And the other part of positive psychology is all about allowing all of the emotions to come in. Right. Like actually feeling grief, grieve, grieve the stuff you weren't able to do in 2020 in order to let go of it, because you can't let go of it until you actually like go through that motion. So allow yourself to feel all of those emotions. Right. Double down on your strengths and recognize how you can like prime your day to be more product, productive, effective and get more into flow by simply playing more in my opinion. So what do you mean by playing more? So what I mean by playing more is doing the things that make you come alive, doing the things that like you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I'm so excited to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Like I start my day with a TikTok. That's ridiculous. I make a a really stupid TikTok to start my day. Mm -hmm. I I don't just watch TikToks. I actually make them. And by, by priming my mind for play and playing mm-hmm. to begin my day mm-hmm. and everything else I see as play throughout the day, 
right? Mm -hmm. And then you can ask yourself a curious question of like, how can it get any better than this? My friend Desiree taught me this. You know, whenever something good happens, ask yourself in a curious way, how can it get any better than this? So, oh, you know, um, I made this TikTok. Oh, how can it get any better than this? I was talking to this dude in England, you know, an hour ago on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, how can it get any better than this? Andrew and I are now breaking down how to search for jobs during this pandemic. How can it get <laughs> any better than this? You know, like, and just stacking on top of that, mm -hmm. you're priming your day and you're pr actually priming your mind to look for positive patterns. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, when you have a bad day, Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you haven't had a bad day. What you've had is a bad moment and your mind, your thoughts usually last between nine seconds and 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. So you had that bad moment and then you ran that bad moment in your head a hundred times over. And then you looked for other bad moments throughout the day to make yourself believe you had a bad day. I and agree. by simply flipping the question, you can change your entire day. So this so play mindset, mindset is a shift in attitude of how you kind of view your day-to-day -day life. Um, I agree with uh, your statement that whenever we have a bad day or a bad moment, especially say you, uh, you're doing a presentation and, you, and there's a moment where you messed up in front of a client, you just repeat that in your head mm -hmm. and in your head. And it's, yep. it's, it's very common us, uh, as humans, we're so self-critical of our own self that uh, we forget that the larger picture of all the good things that happened that day. For example, you wake up in time, you exercise that day. I did a TikTok in the morning. I was mm -hmm. able to successfully connect with my colleague or uh, connect with a uh, like a boss in a in during a morning meeting. Uh, there's so many little moments that uh, you should take into account. And I, I and I, for me, I, I used to struggle with that. Uh, uh, I guess in my university years and early in my professional years, of really being so self-critical of the work I did. Because uh, sometimes you just face imposter syndrome. Sometimes uh, you don't think you're good enough, but you actually are. You're able to perform the way you do. And and what really helped me was. Um, one specific exercise is the a gratitude journal I, I kept. Oh, I right. Used write, I used to write down things I did that went well today. And I'll write down the little things and the big things. And when I also looked at the things I didn't do so well, I kind of viewed it as, okay, I didn't do this so well here. Why and what can I do next time to improve uh, my performance for that particular activity? Say right. I messed up a presentation where were the key points where I could actually improve on that for next time? Shifting that mm -hmm. mindset in order to, it's like a more of a growth mindset. I think it's very similar to the play mindset that you Yeah, have. exactly. It is a growth mindset. It's like I refer to it as the play mindset, the travel-oriented mindset. And to even double down on the gratitude journal, you know, so much brain science communicates that's really effective. But it's even more effective when you practice mm -hmm. um your gratitude journal where you're writing things down that you're grateful about yourself because it's even e it's it's easy to be like oh i'm happy about the day or i'm happy about this external thing but that self love part is really difficult for us to do right you know and i can get into like the steps to deal with your inner critic but you, we also have to have a certain level of compassion for ourselves because our brain is designed to look for negativity. It has a negativity yeah. bias, right? And the reason why it has that is because your inner critic is part of your prefrontal cortex that is trying to protect you from mm -hmm. all the dangers that are in the world all mm -hmm. the time. That is its main purpose. Mm -hmm. So of course you're going to look for the negative. Mm -hmm. So it, so the gratitude journal, you know, practicing a play-oriented, growth-oriented mindset, 
is almost fighting, you know, your brain in many ways. So mm-hmm. we have to just begin there instead of being like, oh, I'm just so negative because everyone is fighting against that same thing. So the pandemic hit in March. Uh, businesses halted their hiring practices. People were laid off or let go. Um, a statistic in Canada showed that the unemployment rate pre-pandemic February was around 5% or 4%, and it jumped to 11 to 12% in March and April, which was very high. And my last time I checked the statistic in August, it went down to 10%. And I've, I've also noticed that people are hiring again. The right. economy is coming back together. However, it's not the same as uh, the pre-pandemic level. Of course. So there's a lot of people are still out there without a job. How could they incorporate this play mindset uh, to their job hunting day-to-day activity, especially if they've faced rejection after rejection after rejection? And, and sometimes it feels very hopeless because employers now can pick and choose who they want to hire. Oh, you absolutely. Know, it's a lot more. It's a, the competition is higher than ever, be- ever before. So I think first you have to, approach this from you are not trying to get the approval of a company right that you that you are trying to get you know that every time you get rejected people are rejecting you yeah. that's dangerous just to first like embrace that part mm-hmm. and uh, my business mentor Stephen Worley would always say don't don't you want to be paid to be you and I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be paid to be me. Because if you think of anyone that you admire, like anyone on TV or on stage or something like that, basically what they're what's happening is people are giving them money to just be themselves. So mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, how can I do that, right? Mm-hmm. So my first uh, challenge to people is, is give yourself a certain amount of leeway, right? So mm-hmm. if you are a recent graduate and you're living with your parents, As much as that's really like maybe embarrassing, it's also a huge benefit because right now you have time, you know, you have time to actually figure out what do I really want to do? What is the work that actually makes me come alive? What, what am I interested in? What are my passions, my interests, my curiosities? And to start to explore that if you really want to get paid to be you. Right. Then you're, you have another group of people that like either got laid off or they right now are are living off of unemployment. And again, look at your budget, figure out how long unemployment can last. And if you can lean on that for a little bit, Mm -hmm. give yourself a window of time to again, explore what you really want. I don't think we spend enough time figuring out what we want. You know, what is, what is, is it about us that is like, that brings us such joy, you know, and actually brings us true fulfillment at work, right? Think about the last time you did something where you forgot about time. Wait, what? I was going to say, do you have a systematic approach uh, for someone who has the time now to kind of figure out what they really want to do? Oh, absolutely. Because I I understand that uh, during the job hunts, you're probably just thinking, I need to apply to the next job. I need to apply exactly. to the next job. And you, you don't spend enough time to look into what you really want. How would yeah. you do that? How would you balance that? Yeah. Well, first, like, again, I think a really important part is identify what your budget is going to look like so you okay. have time so you can take that pressure off you. Because mm-hmm. as long as you're putting all that pressure on you, you can't play when you're in an anxiety-ridden state, right? Yeah. 
because you're just like desperate. You're like, I'll just take the next job only to know that guess what? Even if you got the desperate job, by the way, desperation at interviews, employers can pick that up. So they're never going to hire you based Mm -hmm. off of that. Right. So you're not coming from a good energy place even to apply. Mm -hmm. So you really want to spend that time. So here are two tangible ways you can figure it out. Right. The first is I learned this partly from my play mentor, Gwen Gordon, who says you, you can't play until you learn how to soothe yourself, like how to like, you know, calm yourself down. And you learn that from the person that nurtured you the most. So they, they didn't know how to soothe yourself, then you don't. So you got to figure that out. So what, what is it that you do to calm yourself? I have my best ideas in the shower. Other people have their best ideas when they're walking or, or doing morning pages or playing basketball or whatever the thing where like you have a rush of ideas, mm-hmm. right? So figure that out. Then I recommend people get bored. And what I mean by that, which is weird from a play guy, right, Mm -hmm. is when you were a kid, think about it. Your best ideas came when you were bored, right? Also your most dangerous ideas, but also your best ideas. They came, right? And how do you get bored? Stop binge watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. Stop looking at social media. And I'm not saying forever. I'm saying a couple hours, just two hours, one to two hours, because we're getting inundated with so much information all the time. We get more information in a day that people got in 1950s in a yeah. year, in a year, right? So it's just like, oh gosh. And and constantly all that information is telling you you're not enough, right? So of course you you can't hear yourself. But if you're able to get bored and block all that out and get mm-hmm. super quiet, all of a sudden you're going to start hearing these weird you know, inner curiosities, these, your inner child's going to start whispering strange things to you. Like, Hey, start a podcast. Hey, create a video. Hey, you know, uh, reach out to that person you've always wanted to reach out to or reach yeah. out to that company you've always wanted to reach out to. It's going to whisper some things to you mm-hmm. and you follow that curiosity. And it's not going to maybe lead to your next job per se, but it's mm-hmm. going to lead to you to start listening to yourself. Mm-hmm which is crucial. And that is like one of the biggest muscles you should be trying to work on for the rest of your life, right? So that's one way. And then the second way, and I feel this one's much more tangible, um, but apply both, is you reach out to three to five of your friends and you're going to ask them these two questions. Um, What value do I bring to your life? Because I think a lot of people don't even know the value that they bring to their friends' lives. They're like, what do I do for you? Why are we friends? Like, what do I do? Right? Mm -hmm. And they reflect that back to you. And it's really important to hear that stuff because they're going to be telling you a lot of things that you do that you're like, wow, I actually do that? I could do that as a job, right? So (laughs) what value do I bring to your life? And then the second question is, when have you seen me most alive? Right. And another question, another way to ask that is when have you seen me most playful, most creative, most happy, most present? But all of them fall under the umbrella of when have you seen me most alive? And it ties into the Howard Thurman quote of don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive, because what the world needs is for more people to come alive. You find that thing that makes you come alive and you go into your interviews like that, mm-hmm. you're much more likely to get hired because people are like, where's all this passion coming from? This person's so excited, yeah. right? So when I, you get all these answers back, uh, you got your three to five people giving your answers, you have your curiosity, and then you start figuring out what do I want to experiment on mm-hmm. and what do I want to get my experience in so that I'm ready to apply for my next job. Mm-hmm.
That I really like what you said, the, the second uh, tangible recommendation where you ask your friends, uh, what do I bring to your life and when have you seen most alive? I, I never have thought about that. I think I will take your advice and really ask that to my closest friends. I want to see what they say. It's but so also, interesting. They're all going to have different answers. So you're going to be like, what? That's what I do? What? That's crazy. I also liked what you said in your first recommendation of really trying to, one, go on an information diet to reduce the noise and the information overload with social media, especially now where these social media platforms are designed to keep you addicted. I'm sure you exactly. read it. You watched the Netflix documentary, Social yes, Dilemma? Yes, sure, yeah, Social Dilemma, yep. Yeah, that was a really, uh, you know, really huge, uh, especially those who are not in tech uh, or we're not aware of like how this thing works. Uh, it's crazy how much they do play into like our social lives and how it has affected the social narrative. But I do agree with uh, going on in the information diet to, to start listening to yourself. Reminds me of one of my professors in university told me uh, the biggest advice he could give to his students was to trust your gut. Yes. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, your gut will lean you towards something and you should more more like more times than not trust it versus your rational brain thinking yes that you could go for it and, and i've i've incorporated that taking my gut feeling advice uh more uh since i got that advice from him and it has led me to better doors and better paths and, and haven't been happier uh since taking advice and just following my gut whenever i i felt like as there was a big decision to be made I went for the gut decision. I, I love that. I mean, Alan Watts, the famous thought leader and professor, would always ask his students, what would you do if money was no object, right? You know, and then do that and get really good at that because somebody is going to want to do that. And, you know, in the video, it shows like someone that's like climbing trees and that's what they do. Like, like find that weird thing that you love. I have a friend that was like, you know, you know, working for a multi-million billion dollar finance company and she hated it and she was like you know what i love i love equestrian that's what i used to do in college i'm going to do that and now she's like training olympic equestrian you know mm -hmm. people so it's like there's there's an there's a fascination in actually pursuing what you actually love right like mm -hmm. mr beast on youtube dude come on dude yeah. 15 years old when he started. No one watched his videos for five years. Now that dude's getting paid to, for like, for what? Like you watch him do some of your stuff and you're like, I can't believe you're getting paid to do this. Mm -hmm. But he figured it out. I have friends on Twitch that are getting paid six figures to just play mm -hmm. video games. Other people I know that just do ASMR and they get paid to do that. Yeah. You know, like, like there's... Other people are opening boxes on YouTube. Like you just don't know. And I say this to people all the time, especially young people is most jobs that you are going to be working in, in 10 to 15 years don't exist now, right? TikTok didn't exist five years ago. Google didn't exist 20 years ago. YouTube didn't exist 15 years ago. Like we don't know what's coming next, right? We don't know like TikTok's going to disappear and Snapchat and all that and mm -hmm. something new is going to appear. So so what are we training ourselves for? We might as well be figuring out instead of trying to get accepted by the jobs that exist now, we might as well be trying to figure out what we want and get really good at that and then 
seeing how we can carve out a job that fits us so we can get paid to be ourselves. I really agree with that statement. Um, especially now we live in 2020, there's so many tools out there that makes doing the stuff you love so much more accessible, uh, for podcasting. I have Squadcast in front of me. Uh, if you want to create Instagram posts in an easy way, just go on Canva. You go, if you want to be like a blogger, just go on medium. There's so many of these smart people creating these platforms to make it easy to do the stuff you love, at least put the foot in the door or like start. And I think this whole model and whole economy has is breaking into all the different various industries and fields, especially uh, there's one industry such as the journalism industry or the newsletter industry. Have have you heard of Substack? Oh, no. Uh, Substack is... Substack is a a recently new platform. I think it's a couple couple years old. However, it's a platform where you get your traditional newsletters, uh, such as like when your email newsletters. However, uh, you can add like a paid uh, option to it. So you might have some free tier newsletters and some paid tiered newsletters. And those who have interesting domain knowledge start these paid um, newsletters that people want to consume. So now journalists, journalists from top uh, top uh, publishers such as New York Times and Washington Post are deciding to stop working with those big publishers and actually do it themselves and wow. create their own newsletters, democratizing uh, the type of news they want to report versus uh, what the publisher says. And the fact that they're going direct to consumer means they'll have more revenue revenue for themselves. And That's this, this crazy. is an example of uh, you taking a step into democratizing what you want to do and have a direct-to-consumer experience uh, for the stuff you love, especially with all these different platforms available for you for you to consume or work. Wow, with. I, I I don't I don't prop this guy a lot because uh, you know sometimes I have problems with him, but Gary Vaynerchuk said that like picked that it back in two thousand nine in one of his books where he was going to say people are going to pick writers over newspapers so like this is what's happening right wow. you know then and, and yeah, this is where patreon comes but going back to like the whole play thing also i remember coaching a client that was i was helping him to get clarity on his job search and he wanted to work for a certain company and i was like how can you show that company what work you do because i think a lot of times people are like well i don't have experience well how do i get experience i can't get experience without getting experience and it, and he was like you know uh, in marketing and i go why don't you figure out what problems they're struggling with right now right and you can find that out by what some of the people are posting on linkedin what they're posting on their instagram what's going on in the news like you can do so much research to find out what companies are working on mm-hmm. right what they're trying to figure out and then figure out a marketing campaign and put something together and share it as part of your application or share it with someone that's part of the marketing department because you can reach out to anyone via LinkedIn and just share this stuff because then it shows while you're playing and doing the thing that you find really fun, you're putting together this really interesting marketing campaign just because it's fun for you to solve this problem and you share it with them and then you're building your portfolio and maybe that that gets their attention because frankly, the old ways of simply applying for a job are mm-hmm. done, right? 
Like you can do that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that because you should obviously put your application in, but you got to think of the more creative ways to do it. How do I make a video that, you know, how do I get in an informational interview? How do I do research on this one person, learn everything about them, and then just reach out to them and be like, I'm fascinated with your work. And I love your organization. Instead of asking for a job at that point, just being like, I'd love to just continue this conversation or I'd love to like have a conversation with you via Zoom, right? Like a 15 minute conversation. Like be, be curious in this process. Instead of trying to figure out the right way of applying, there is no right way anymore. There yeah. just isn't. This is, so, this is so new for everything. So mm-hmm. we're making it up as we go along. So try out what feels right to you. So how do you go about um, networking with people and connecting with people, especially now in this digital age where no one really is connecting in person anymore? Conferences are not happening. They're all virtual now. How do you connect with someone and using this play-oriented mindset to get your message across or at least have a lasting impact on the person you're talking to? So I'll give you an example, right? I was I was working with a client that was saying – I want to travel. That's, she travels for a living. That's what she does. you know. And then she's like a VA on the side. And she's like, I can't. I can't travel right now. And I was like, what is it that you love about travel? And she goes, I love to connect with people from all over the world and have interesting conversations. How do we do that now? And we just started, you know, she started researching where that exists and found like the Nomadic Network, Camp Indie, and all these networks of people that also love to travel. And now she's on like four virtual happy hours a week, right? And building relationships with all these people so that when she finally is able to travel, she can stay with all these people. So like we have to flip how we're doing stuff, right? So if you're doing marketing or you're doing like video production, there are Slack groups, there are Facebook groups, there are virtual happy hours. There is so many people that are looking for connection online and meeting up and talking about their work. And those are perfect places for you to go. And this is another play thing where you practice how to talk about yourself. A lot of people suck at talking about themselves. And I'm not talking about bragging. I'm just talking about like communicating what you want. This is why it's so important to do your internal work and then hop on these happy hours and be like, yeah, this is the type of work I'm doing. This is the type of work I'm I'm looking for. If you know anyone like that, sweet, awesome. But you just like keep searching for these various ones. There, I mean, there are even like alumni happy hours. Like just explore what's out there because there's so much that's available if you're willing to look. Do you have a couple recommendations that you could give uh, for someone to, I guess, work on how to pitch themselves? Yeah. Um, it's First of all, it takes a lot of practice, right? So it's, okay. I think it's, it's first doing the work of figuring out what makes me come alive, right? Mm-hmm. And then doing those questions that, that come back to you. Oh, and here's a third uh, thing you can do. Um, identify what did you love to do as a kid? My friend, uh, Lauren Yee and I run a workshop called your futures where your fun is, where we actually help people. A lot of people looking for jobs. Um, we have them explore what they love to do as a kid. Mm-hmm. She loved to play sardines as a kid, which is reverse hide and seek. It's amazing. And what she loved about it is we break down the play core values of that. And what she loved was collaboration, connection, and, um, communication, right? 
So because she loved that, then we try to figure out, okay, those are our play core values. What is the type of work that she wants to do that fits that? Mm -hmm. Oh, consulting. Oh, it's team building. Oh, it's these things. So that's crucial. Like get to know what in the world you love and what makes you like fully show up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so do that after you do that, then just start practicing with your friends, practice like how quickly you can say something to someone without like pitching, like, please hire me. But mm -hmm. like, what do I love to do? Like, you know, I love come. I, and I've had to work on this. Like I did this with my business mentor, Stephen Worley over and over again. I combine positive psychology and play mm -hmm. to help businesses tackle their biggest issues in the workplace. And then I, you know, and the people are like, Oh, tell me more. Right. So you, you work on something that, that, causes someone to ask for more about it, right? And oh, I'll, I'll send this to you. There's this old TED talk from this really pretentious guy who I didn't really like him, but he had a great method of how to break that down into saying something that's interesting about what you do. But just start with the first part of it, of like, like let's say, for example, like you love, what do you love to do? Uh, I love to cook. Okay, keep going. Keep talking. I love to cook. I like to bake uh, good like cookies. I like to experiment in my cooking, especially just making things from scratch, such as like creating pasta, creating pizzas. Um, that's a huge passion to me because I like just creating things uh, with food. And I don't like following recipes. I like to look at a recipe, but I kind of like remix it into my own way. And that's my. Oh, outlet. that's awesome! So, so you can you can, so the way I would hear that would I would just be like if you were trying to get someone interested in you, and they would be like, "So, what do you do?" And I hate that. By the way, I hate that question. It's so boring. But whatever, people are going to ask that question. You could just be like, "I create food experiments." Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> you create food experiments, and then see, like they're already curious. Yeah. I create food experiments. Four words. That's it. That's it. But like, like figure out the, the sentence that mm -hmm. really gets you amped about that. And then mm -hmm. just start from there because people want to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. People want to be curious about each other. But if you're just going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just cook, you know, whenever I'm bored, you know, see the difference in energy in those two yeah. different things. It's because we're not proud of what we want to do in our lives, right? We're not very excited mm -hmm. about it. But if you're able to figure that out, it's much easier than to come up with that sentence. Do you have a a couple of resources that you could that you could point out to to someone who wants to learn more about this positive psychology and play oriented mindset? Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you really wanted to get into it, there's a free course on Coursera, which is called Positive Psychology. You know, mm -hmm. there also is the course um, done by the. Um, Harvard professor um, on, I think it was on happiness. That's all. It was super popular. Oh, this, I think it's the science of happiness. Um, mm -hmm. I'll find out and I'll send you the link to it, but it was really popular during the beginning of quarantine um, mm -hmm. in this pandemic where this person just have you help you figure out what you love. Also mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Fields, uh, Good Life Project. He wrote a book not too long ago. Let me see what that, you know, Jonathan Fields, Good Life Project. Um, and that book was like basically playing in order to figure things out. He's now doing um, this thing that you can hop on his actual website. It's called 
uh, sparkotypes. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. You do like, it's kind of like an assessment mm-hmm. to figure out what it is that you, what is it that you love to do and what actually makes you actually come alive. Mm-hmm. And it identifies like uh, your first sparkotype and the one mm-hmm. behind it. Like mine is, I found out that I am an advisor, which means I love to mm-hmm. teach, right? Mm-hmm. But my second sparkotype, that the way in which I do it is I entertain. Like mm-hmm. I used to do stand-up comedy. I used to do like performance stuff. So like, but I don't want, and I remember when I was doing stand-up comedy, I didn't really enjoy it because I was like, I'm just telling stupid, dumb jokes. But when I'm able to teach through comedy or teach through whatever, you know, entertainment, then that's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So you can do his Sparkotype challenge on, on his website, uh, Good Life Project. So let's talk about um, folks who have, say, 10, 15 years of experience, maybe more. Uh, they've been in the, in the working corporate world for some time now, and they recently got laid off. And I, I do think younger folks, such as, such as recent grads or those two, year, two, three years in, are able to embrace this positive psychology and play-oriented mindset. Yeah. Uh, easier and it can take in that message however i feel older folks sometimes are a little bit more rigid in their uh-huh. ways and and what advice would you give to those folks who are a bit skeptical to about your message i think first you have to say don't psych yourself out like don't beat yourself up and be like oh you know like i can't compete with this new generation i um, have a friend who's in her 50s that is starting a brand new career she's now pursuing coding and learning a brand new way of coding, you know, that that a lot of companies are only starting to come online with. Yeah. So that's what she's doing. Like, like you can reinvent yourself at any age, right? You got to remember the guy from that created Smirnoff created it when he was 70 years old. Wow. Okay. Morgan Freeman didn't actually get big in acting until I think he was in his 40s or 50s mm-hmm. where he was able to break through and not just be like a role character mm-hmm. so like we have to just reimagine what that means right mm-hmm. and and get off of of ageism of ourself right mm-hmm. because i think a lot of times we're like beating ourselves up like oh i should have done this i should have done that forget all that who cares we're mm-hmm. in a new normal where where anything goes mm-hmm. and where businesses are willing to hire you as long as you can help them solve problems you have a high emotional EQ, so you have compassion, empathy, and you can work as a team, and you're just not an a-hole, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I built a part of my business with, you know, my friend Gary Ware running a workshop called Dealing with A-Holes at Work Through Play. Mm-hmm. It was just a made-up idea <laughs> last year that we were just messing around with while eating breakfast burritos in San Diego, uh-huh. right? And then within six months, he tells me, because we applied to a bunch of conferences thinking no one would say yes. And then he tells me, yo, we got into inbound. I'm like, what's an inbound? And he's like, it's the largest marketing conference in the world. I'm like, oh my goodness. Now we got to figure this out. Now we got to make this, you know? And then from there, we got into South by Southwest. We got into Australia's Pause Fest. We were recognized as like top 100 HR influencers of 2020. I don't even know what that means, right? But like they gave it to us because we were exploring our curiosity. Mm-hmm. We were addressing a need that we thought was really important. We didn't know if the world wanted it or not. And now I'm running this with like the Department of Homeland Security and all these other companies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
what? It, this was an idea less than a year mm -hmm. ago, right? So we just have to like not beat ourselves up that that, and we need to stop planning so lit in such a linear way. Like if you think about it, nothing that you've gotten, mm. almost nothing you've got in your life has has been linear. If you look back at your job career, none mm. of it is linear. It's all over the place. You got this mm. to do this. You talk to this random person, so you don't even know. You could hop on a virtual happy hour that can introduce you to this mm. person, that can get you in, onto a podcast or get you on this interview that talks to this person that eventually leads your job, and you would never have guessed that if you simply did not own that play-oriented, growth-oriented mindset and just be open to connecting with people, mm -hmm. figuring out what you want and sharing that with the world. I really, I like, really that like that message. I think your story is inspiring. Uh, Howard, towards the end of my show, I always have one minute for my guest to promote anything they want to do or what cause they want to promote or whatever. So the floor is yours, Jeff. Ooh, so, you know... Usually I would just be like, hey, go to my website and we can do <laughs> stuff, but you know, but let's not do that. Let's let's dive. You know Goodwill Hunting? Uh yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna goodwill hunt your listeners to end this because this is I vibe with this so much, right? So, <laughs> you know, for anyone that hasn't seen Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon is a genius. He can get any job he wants. And at the end of the movie, he's sitting at a construction site working construction with his friend Ben Affleck. Um, and Ben's like, yo, when, when are you going to take one of these, you know, jobs, um, these million dollar jobs? And Matt's like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any of them. And he's like, what? And he's just like, what, what, what you, what, what? And he's like, what are you doing? And Matt's like, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm going to work construction. We're going to hang out at Foley Field and raise our kids. And, you know, that's what we're going to do. And he's like, dude, if I see you here in 20 years, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, what are you talking about? What, I owe it to myself? And he's like, no, you don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. And you owe it to everyone else in this construction site that would give anything. I mean, anything to have what you have. You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. And you're too scared to cash it in. And for each and every one of your listeners, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You're sitting on the thing that makes you come alive. And, and frankly, the world freaking needs this right now, right? Mm -hmm. The Howard Thurman quote, you know, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because the world needs us to come alive. Someone is waiting for you to show up so they can show up. When Andrew created this podcast, he gave the permission of all of us that are lucky enough to be on his podcast to show up. And now we're spreading this message to you to show up so that someone else can show up. So like that's the impact we can have on the world by simply being ourselves and getting paid to be ourselves. So that is why I employ your, your listeners to do is cash in on that winning lottery ticket and show up. And if you need help, come to Rediscover Your Play, click the Let's Play button, let's hop on a call, and let's figure out how you can kick ass in this world. All right. I really like that message. However, I have one more question for you. Ooh, let's go. I just want I just want to hear uh, the story behind your wooden bow tie. 
Uh, yeah. oh. If you guys don't know, uh, I'm, I'm I'm seeing uh, Jeff in, in the squad cast call, and he he's wearing this wooden bow tie. Bow tie. I've noticed on his other YouTube uh, videos and his website, he has this wooden bow tie, but I don't know the story. So could you tell me yeah, that story? So actually, it is a Lego bow tie. Oh, it's a Lego bow tie. A oh, Lego I didn't know. <laughs> and it was it was from my former organization that I helped. You know, that only had seven people. Uh, when I first joined it, I was only getting paid 150 bucks a week. It was a joke of a job. We were just mm-hmm. teaching kids engineering with Lego. And then by playing, we built it into the largest Lego-inspired STEM organization like in the country. Wow. But the reason why I wear it is because I was dared to wear this at a conference once. Um, and I did it. And everyone was was, you know, everyone was being professional and acting like adults. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wore it almost to be like, everyone's wearing a costume. Everyone's pretending to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to mock this by wearing this bow tie. And I had such a better day wearing the (laughs) bow tie because it gave permission for people to just play and nerd out with me. They didn't have to act like their professional selves. They were like, look at that idiot with the with the Lego bow tie, let me talk to him about Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and Avengers for hours. And that's what happened. And now I wear it all the time when I was traveling. And you have the most interesting conversations on planes, wandering around. But like You're just fascinated because people want to play. They're always itching to play. And if they can simply drop that adult professional facade, mm-hmm. then they can actually be more humane. All right. That's an incredible story. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Jeff. See you next time. Thanks so much for having me. This is the end of the show. Thank you for tuning into the Pandemic Job Hunt podcast. As always, I would love to get feedback, so don't hesitate to get in touch through my Twitter at Andrew H.N. Barry or LinkedIn. 